Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? All right, good to see you guys. Have you had enough coffee this morning? All right. Well, we're starting a brand new series called The Freedom Factor, and I am incredibly excited about this series because I believe that it has not just the potential uh, to change your life, but it has the actual power, the words that we're going to go into God's word on this issue of forgiveness is going to set some people free. How many of you, if, if I said, you know, we talk about weight loss, how many of you, if you could just lose 10 pounds, like today, you could just be, not some of you, right? Some of you don't need to lose 10 pounds, but me, I could afford to lose 10, okay? If somebody said, you know, you're going to walk out 10 pounds lighter, you'd be like, come on, praise Jesus. Finally, a church I can get behind, right? Well, stay away from the movie theater popcorn, but, but you know, spiritually, what if, what if today, what if today you could walk out of this place 10 pounds 10 years, 10 wounds lighter than you walked in? What, what if God could touch you in such a way that you would experience the peace and the joy and the freedom that you were created to walk in, the lightness of spirit? What if God could put a smile back on your face, but not a fake smile that just says, everything's okay in here, <laughs> right? And on the inside, it's not okay. But what about a smile upon your soul? a smile in your spirit where you walk out of here today and say, you know what? I'm more free than when I walked in because that's what God wants to do today in your life. How many of you would like that? Yeah, everybody, I think, because I definitely would. And listen, as we go into the next couple of weeks, we're gonna be talking all about this issue of forgiveness. And here's something that I know about forgiveness and what we're gonna see in the word of God today is that freedom and forgiveness are inextricably linked. Freedom and forgiveness are inextricably linked. That our capacity to receive and to give freedom, our, our, to give forgiveness, our capacity to receive and to give forgiveness is going to dictate our level of freedom that we walk in. And listen, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you could continue to be bound by shame, by sin, and even by the wounds and the brokenness that other people have inflicted upon you. Come on. When Jesus was dying on the cross and he was giving his life and his blood was being shed for you and I, he didn't do that so that we could live marginally better lives that are slightly more moral than other people. Hello. See, a lot of people think Christianity is this gospel, this message about moral reformation, but it's not. It's actually the the message of mortal transformation and resurrection that Jesus died so you could have a brand new life. He died so that you wouldn't have a slightly different life. He died so that you could have a completely different life. Come on. And so as we talk about this in this series, we're going to talk all about forgiveness and how the forgiveness that we receive and the forgiveness that we give, it links to the freedom that we walk in. So I'm excited about this. How about you? But you know, the thing about forgiveness is this is not a secondary issue in Christianity. This isn't like, well, hey, we decided let's just do like a little forgiveness series and that'll be cute and that'll be fun. No, this is core. This is a pillar of the Christian faith. Maybe you're here today and you're kicking the tires on faith. Maybe you're here and you're like, I accidentally walked into this movie theater uh, and and I'm just like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm too embarrassed to leave now. Well, I'm sorry, but hey, hang out. It's going to be great. Um, Maybe you're here today though and you came because you're exploring faith. You want to know about this Jesus thing and this Christianity thing and Maybe you've had a bad experience. Maybe you had a negative thing, so you're even a little bit tense or hesitant. Well, I want to thank you for coming in here today. I believe that the message you're going to hear today is going to reveal to you the heart of God, the real heart of God, the real heart of Jesus that wants to set you free and change your life forever. So we're going to jump in today. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles, if you brought your Bible, I brought my analog Bible today. Is that cool? 
right? I usually roll digital, but I'm going old school. There's no school like the old school, right? And I'm rolling my analog Bible today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 18 today and spend some time here hearing an epic story from Jesus that Jesus told. But in Matthew chapter 18, the context is that Jesus is hanging out with his disciples and Jesus had these 12 guys that he called to come and follow him and be his disciples. And he was basically mentoring them, pouring into them, teaching them because they were gonna be the, the basis, the foundation of the church, right? So Jesus was calling these guys, he called fishermen. Any fishermen in the house today? The real men, right? I found a fishing hook the other day and I threw it away because I have no need for it. But anyways, there's fishermen. <laughs> Jesus called a tax collector. He called a guy named Judas who was thought to be a revolutionary. Jesus had this, this band of guys that he brought together. They were his disciples. And so in Matthew 18, he's teaching them and he's talking to them about the kingdom of God. And he's, he's talking to them about how God wants things to be done. And he's in verse 15 through 20 in Matthew 18, he's talking about if somebody sins against you. Have you ever had somebody sin against you? Right, wives are all like, amen. It's talking about you, honey, right? <laughs> you sinned against me. Men, we just, our very appearance is a sin most of the time, right? Just how we look. You know, we got back hair, we got drool coming out, a little barbecue sauce on our shirt. Just walking through life like, hey, everybody. We're just little boys trapped in these big masculine bodies. But if, if anybody sinned against you, Jesus is talking to them about forgiveness. He's coaching his guys. He's talking to them. And so Jesus' disciple, Peter, if you're familiar with Peter, Peter always is the guy that opens his mouth before he turns on his brain, which is basically a picture of manhood in a nutshell. I did it, and then I thought about it. Ready, shoot, aim, right? It's, and this is how Peter lives his life. And so Peter, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, it says, then Peter came up and said to him, this is to Jesus, after Jesus has been talking to him about forgiveness, he says, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. Now all you smarty pants who are good at math, how many is that? 490, right? I know how to do math. <laughs> no, I studied. Anyways, 490. Some translations just say 77 times. So Peter says, Jesus should I forgive seven times? And Jesus is like, no, 70 times seven. Now, lest you think that what Jesus is giving us is an exact mathematical equation on forgiveness, I wanna draw attention to something. At this time in history, the Pharisees and the, the scribes and rabbis are teaching this doctrine of forgiveness. And what they're telling people is this, the appropriate amount of time, and I love this because this is pure Pharisee right here. The appropriate amount of time to forgive someone is three. Three times. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? One, a two, a three, right? And then the owl needs forgiveness because he stole your lollipop. Stinking owls. All right, anyways. So the rabbis are teaching at this time in history that it's three times. That's how much is appropriate to forgive someone because you know the Pharisees, we don't want anybody to be over forgiven, right? If you forgive somebody four times, they're not gonna learn their lesson. This is actually what they're teaching, that it's three times. And so Peter, he's coming up to Jesus like, I'm going to blow Jesus' mind with how awesome I am, right? I'm going to open my mouth before I turn on my brain. And he says, Jesus, should I forgive seven times? And seven is this very significant number, but it's basically what Peter's doing is he's saying, Jesus, like I'll forgive way more 
because you've been telling us about forgiveness. Jesus, I'm gonna forgive way more than I'm even supposed to because the appropriate number, as we all know, is three. And so Jesus responds in a totally unique way. He says, Peter, no, no, not seven times. Sorry, Peter, you thought you were gonna come up here and impress me with your religiosity, with your magnanimity, your capacity for forgiveness. But Jesus says, it's not seven times, it's 70 times seven. And Jesus isn't actually saying, no, it's not seven, it's 490. This is a way that Jesus can say, Peter, it's not about the number. Come on. You ever seen that YouTube video, it's not about the nail? Husband and wife communication. And the lady has this like nail coming out of her head. And he's like, I think that the problem is the nail. And she's like, it's not the nail, right? Anyways, you have to watch that to get the context. It's kind of amazing. It's fully amazing. But Jesus is saying, Peter, it's not about the nail. It's not about the number. Peter, it's not about a certain amount of times. When he says 70 times seven, this is a way for Jesus to say, it's not a number, it's a heart posture. It's a lifestyle. It's basically an unlimited thing. It's not something that you count the amount of times you forgive. It's a binary thing. It's either off or it's on. It's a gate that is either open or it's closed. See, we think of forgiveness as something that is like, well, I forgave this and I forgive this. And we go one, two, three, four, five, and we're keeping score, but that's not how God views forgiveness. See, I want you to think about your life. How many times has God forgiven you? More than 490. For me, that's like a Friday. You know what I mean? A Monday. Monday, I'm doubling up 498, you know, 800. I mean, just, and God continues to forgive. Did you know that God, when he sent Jesus to die on the cross, and save you, and when you receive Jesus, when you receive salvation and forgiveness from God, that you are still going to sin after the fact? So God has literally written you a blank check of mercy, of forgiveness, of grace. And are we supposed to continue to live in sin? No, actually the Bible tells us that the goodness of God leads us to repentance, and actually God's grace transforms us so that we can actually even start doing the right things. Come on but God is not keeping score with you. Maybe you think that God is up there in heaven, like tracking it down. He's like this accountant and his glasses are halfway down his nose and he's, he's, he's you know, inspecting you and saying one, two, three, four. That's not what's happening. God has, has a heart posture. He's opened this floodgate of forgiveness to you. And Jesus is saying, Peter, you don't understand. It's not, it's not three, it's not seven, it's not 490. It's a heart posture. It's this open or it's a shut door. And Jesus then goes on and tells an epic story that I'm going to read to you in just a minute. But I want to go back into what Jesus says about forgiveness other times in the scripture. How many of you are familiar with the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? And there's a part in the prayer where Jesus is saying, this is how you pray, guys. This is how you access prayer, how you access God in prayer. He says, and Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who owe us a debt. God, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who've trespassed against me. Lord, forgive me my sin as I forgive those who have sinned against me. Man, I love the Lord's prayer. I hate, there's two words though I hate, as I. Think about that for one second. Lord, forgive me. How many of you want the Lord to forgive you? God, show me grace, show me mercy. Lord, I'm a screw up. Anybody else? And Jesus says, but this is what it is. Lord, forgive me, but he links it as I 
You see, forgiveness is always linked. It's a two-way street. Forgiveness isn't just something that you receive. Forgiveness is a door that's either open or it's shut. And if it's open, forgiveness flows to you. But that means God expects that forgiveness will flow from you. That forgiveness isn't something that you just get. Forgiveness is something that we are to give. And this is what it means to live as a supernatural child of God. You know, as we talked about it in, in the video there, what they were talking about in the video, that God will not allow us to live in unforgiveness. And I'm gonna explain why. And Jesus is gonna talk about this in the story that we're gonna read together. But God loves you too much to allow you to, to rot in the prison of unforgiveness. Because unforgiveness will keep you bound in the same shackles of sin and darkness and despair that Jesus came to save you from and set you free from. Jesus said, it's linked. Forgive me as I forgive. Jesus also said, and this is something that we love to quote as Christians, that as Christians, you're to love your enemies, right? Love your enemy and pray for those who spitefully use you. This is like core Christian stuff, isn't it? And man, it's so easy for us to tell other people to love their enemies. You know, Bethany, you, you need to forgive them. You know, Bethany, you need to love this, this person that said these things to you. But if it's somebody that said something to me, well, <laughs> that's a different story, isn't it? Love your enemies is great when you don't have, feel like you have any enemies at the moment, right? When everything is good, but when you have an actual enemy, and let's talk about what an actual enemy is. Maybe you're sitting here today and somebody, when you were four or five years old, molested you and you were helpless. And you might be even saying here right now, where was God when that happened? And this enemy came into my life and they did something to me that I can't get back at them for. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the real world here. What about if you're sitting here and you have a spouse that abandoned you and left you with the kids and walked out and took your life, pulled the rug out from under your life. And you're saying, well, love your enemies. But no, no, that person, they hurt me too deeply. Come on, somebody. And Jesus says, love your enemies. Man, it's all fun and games until you have an enemy. But remember that God loves the people that you hate, which is great news because somebody hates you. Because we've all been hurt and we've all hurt others. And in no way do I mean to diminish your pain. In no way do I mean to make light of the things that you've walked through. In fact, when we talk about forgiveness, it actually illuminates the depth of, of darkness and of wounding that's taken place. Because it takes the supernatural power of God to come in and actually bring healing so that you could actually let that person go. And it doesn't mean that you go and start a relationship with them and call them up and say, hey, uh, so-and-so that, that touched me when I was five, let's go get a cup of coffee. No, that person probably needs to stay out of your life. Come on. We're not talking about boundaries here, but I'm talking about what if you could experience freedom where that was no longer a part of who you are? Forgiveness. I'm sorry, I'm just preaching good today. Amen. Let's go into the story that Jesus tells. Peter says, how many times should I forgive? Lord, seven times. Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. And then Jesus goes, full Yoda here. How many of you know we all need a Yoda in our life? We all need an Obi-Wan. We all need a Dumbledore. We all need Gandalf. Come on. The wise mentor, the sage. This is who I want to be. Like Wade looks like the sage, right? The beard. I don't, he's very wise. So if you needed some wisdom, just talk to him. But I mean, I want to be as epic as you someday, Wade. That's my goal. My beard, it, just get it down there. And then I'll say things like sagacious, sagacious. I, I didn't even say it right. I'm not there yet. I'm still working, it, working on it. But Jesus goes full Yoda. Ooh, forgiveness must you, I say. Anyways, 
he tells a story. And I love Jesus because Jesus walked around telling stories, but stories that absolutely got into the heart of the matter. Peter and his disciples are talking about forgiveness. And Jesus says in verse 23 of Matthew 18, therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. We'll talk about how much this is in a moment here. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me. I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Lord Jesus, I pray that right now your Holy Spirit would come and speak to us through your word. God, that you would touch very deeply every one of our hearts and that none of us would walk out of this room without an understanding and a clarity on what we need to do, who we need to forgive, and God, how we need to open our hearts to you. And Lord, I thank you that as we get into this message today, that Lord, the power of freedom, of restoration, of healing, of new life is gonna flood into hearts. And men and women, your children are gonna walk out of here today free with chains falling off their life as they embrace this power of forgiveness in Jesus' name. Jesus tells this epic story, such a good story. Obviously the meaning is, is very clear to us. And I think that we see very clearly what's happening here about this servant who's forgiven a great debt, goes and holds somebody else accountable for the debt that they owe them, which is a much smaller debt. And then Jesus makes something, makes a statement that's very provocative where he says, if you don't forgive your brother from your heart, what the master in the story does to this servant, the wicked servant, is what's going to happen to you. And I just wanna talk for a few minutes about this story and unpack some of the truths that are in here and, and look into the depth of this because I think this has the power. There's some powerful truths, powerful messages here that are gonna help us in our walk with God as we talk about forgiveness. The first thing I wanna talk about is that when Jesus says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven, when he uses this phrase in the scriptures, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, he's talking about where God's rule and reign is realized. In other words, if God were king here in this, in this place, if God were the mayor of Eugene, if God were the president of the United States, right? If God were in control, this is how things would operate. And what Jesus is doing is comparing and contrasting because obviously in the, the fallen world, God is not completely uh, getting everything that he wants done, done, right? So when somebody says, I, I, wanna, I wanna bring some theology for a minute here today. When people say things like, well, you know, this person was, they, they got cancer um, and it's God's will, wrong. I'm just gonna jump into your theology for a moment here and, and, and kind of be a bull in the china closet. 
well, God is in control. So my wife was eaten from the inside out by cancer and she died when she was, you know, 37 years old, uh, but God is in control. It was God's will. No, actually that is the, 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 the evil power of sin and darkness at work in our fallen and broken world. And the will of God is revealed in the cross where he sent Jesus to destroy the works of darkness. And he instituted a coming kingdom and he commissioned us to to fight and war against this dark and evil world to bring the restoration of his kingdom, which looks like the garden of Eden where nobody dies of cancer. Come on, when you are in Christ, there's resurrection life and cancer goes, gets to go to hell with everything else and burn up. Come on, somebody. Well, it's God's will. No, you're trying to be sanctimonious, but you're not honoring God, you're dishonoring him. Jesus says, therefore, the kingdom of God is like, he's saying it's not the same as right here. And see what happens in our world is that people get wounded and then they wound others. And there's this cycle of sin and pain and brokenness. And Jesus is saying, come on, there's a different way in God's kingdom. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to this king. And one comes to him and this servant owes 10,000 talents and Jesus is setting up the story and what his listeners would understand is that this isn't just a regular servant. What Jesus is probably communicating here is about a king, probably a Gentile king with a vassal, uh, a vassal lord or kind of an administrator that, that has borrowed this money from the king, right? And so this is a person who has full responsibility to administer this resource well and they've squandered it or been unwise or done sin- sinful things with it or whatever. And the amount of money that is listed here is greater than the total output of the entire kingdom that Herod was running at the time. This is an unpayable debt. So when Jesus says 10,000 talents, it's translated literally 10,000 bags of gold. 10,000 at this time in this common Greek was the greatest, uh, how do you say this? Denominator of of money, right? It was the greatest amount of money. So 10,000 is like saying the most. It's like if we said 50 trillion or something, right? An infinity amount. What Jesus is saying here is a servant comes, he's responsible, but his debt is completely unpayable. And so this guy's response is a picture of what it looks like when we try to earn our way with God. Hey, put me and my family in prison and jail and I'll pay you back what you owe. That's never gonna happen. See what I'm saying? Oh God, forgive me of my sins. I'll pay back. I'll earn my way into into your good graces. That's never gonna happen. So Jesus is actually prefiguring here. He's, He's He's prefiguring what the grace and the cross and forgiveness is going to look like for all of us, that we have an unpayable debt before God. Come on. And this king does something amazing. He says, you know what? Your debt is unpayable, but I'm going to release you and I'm going to forgive you. It says he has pity. When you go into the original language, it actually says from his guts. The king felt compassion in his guts. It's how, it's how the ancient uh, Israelites talked about the heart. Like we say, I forgive from my heart. They said the guts, right? It was like, I forgive you with all of my bowels. <laughs> it was the seat of emotion, right? And so the king felt pity on the inside. He feels compassion in his guts, which is how God feels about you, that you owe an unpayable debt, but it hurts him. And so he has compassion on you, not externally, but on the inside. And he says, you know what? No, we're not gonna do this whole... F- rigor thing of run around of you put your wife and kids in prison and go to jail. You can never pay it back. So I'm going to release you and I'm going to forgive you. Listen, how powerful this is that Jesus says in the kingdom of God, where forgiveness is talked about and how the master forgives is that he doesn't just give forgiveness. He gives freedom. I release you from what? From the captivity of your debt. Every sin has a side effect. 
It's like when you watch those commercials on TV for medications. And you're like, well, my ears are going to feel better, but I'm going to get 19 other diseases. And my knees will stop working. And my face will turn purple. But I'll be able to hear 5% better, right? Every sin has a side effect. Every sin has a cost. It brings captivity. It brings chains. But when you're forgiven by God, you're not just forgiven for your debt. You're released from it. You're set free. And isn't that beautiful? That the forgiveness that we have in Christ it's given to us by the master who also gives us freedom. You were made to walk in freedom and joy and peace and life. But when the same servant went out, Jesus says, this is a picture of what happens when we receive forgiveness, but we won't give it. When we get it, but we won't give it. He goes and finds somebody that owes him a hundred denarii. It's a couple thousand bucks. It's, 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 it's a quantifiable amount. It's a debt that, Yes, it's real. Yes, it's significant. But it's not the infinite unpayable debt that we owe to God. It's a debt that is brought together between two finite human beings. See, maybe you look at the debt that someone owes you and the debts that you owe and you think, well, there's no, I can't quantify the pain. I can't quantify it. But actually it is quantifiable because it happened in a finite sense between two people. The debt you owe to God is infinite. It's an unquantifiable amount, which is what Jesus is saying. And so this guy says, I've just been released from an unpayable debt. And now this guy has a payable debt, but I'm going to hold him accountable. And he puts his hands on his neck and he chokes him and he reverses the process that he has just gone through. And he says, not only will I not forgive you, but now I will put you in prison. Listen, unforgiveness is like locking somebody in a dungeon in the bottom of your heart. Come on. You might think, well, that person deeply wounded me. They hurt me, so I can't let it go. I can't release them. What you are doing is you are taking that person and you are bringing them down the steps and you're putting them in the dungeon or the prison of your heart and you're locking them in there and you're saying, you're not free. I'm taking away your freedom. But listen, both the prisoner and the jailer are locked at the jail together. See, when you take away somebody else's freedom, and you really can't, right? That person's going about with their life, but for you, it's, they're real, they're in there. You are just as much locked in that place as they are. Freedom and forgiveness, forgiveness and freedom are linked. And he chokes him, he, he says, pay me what you owe. And, he, and this guy goes through his repentance, please forgive me, please, I'm pleading with you. And he says, no, you're, you're going to pay the debt that you owe. And then, of course, the other servants see it and they go and tell the master, which if you have kids is exactly how human beings are, right? My daughter's like, dad, just out of bed. She's literally been out of bed two minutes before, but she's very happy to let me know that Jack's out of bed. Penny's out of bed, right? That's how we are, isn't it? Tattletale all the time. The servants tell the master and the master is angry. And he, and he says, you know what? Bring that wicked servant and he's going to go into jail. He's going to go into torment. The word is actually tormentors or torturers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And that's a very harsh, intense thing that's taking place here. But I want to, I want to unpack this a little bit. God is never the one that torments or brings torture. But God will release you to torment so that you can actually be free of what's taking you down. The master says, turn him over to the torturers, turn him over to the jailers. And listen, Jesus is telling us something that maybe we don't realize, 
But how many of you think Jesus maybe knows a little bit more than Dr. Phil and Oprah about the human heart? You think maybe Jesus, his sitcom would maybe uh, unpack a few more problems than Jerry Springer's, maybe help a few more people, right? Uh, Jesus sits down uh, and he says, listen, this is, this is how it works. This is how the human heart is, is that when you walk in unforgiveness, when you try to hold somebody accountable with your hands around their neck and you're locking them in the heart prison and you're taking them you know, down because of what they've done and you have just been forgiven an unpayable debt, but you're gonna hold on to what that person did to you. This is what happens. You are delivered to the tormentor, tormentors, the dementas, right? You're, you're turned over. Not a lot of people got that joke. You're turned over to, uh, you're turned over to torment. What, what, if, what if some of the torment, what if some of the torture what if some of the sickness, what if some of the, the mental anguish that you're walking in, that you're experiencing is simply because you are holding on to something that you're, you need to let go of? Now I asked you when we came in, how many, how many of you would like to be free, would like to be lighter? But man, it got a little bit more tense when I start talking about real enemies because every single one of us in this room right now in our mind can go to that place that person did this, that person said this, this person did that. Maybe it's not a person, maybe it's an institution, that church, those people, that pastor, this guy, that lady, that teacher, whoever it is, whenever it was. And they deserve to pay. They deserve to pay. You're right, they do, but so do you. And listen, this grace thing, this forgiveness thing that God wants to get going into the world, to change and break the cycle It only works in your life for your freedom if you will open that gate and say, you know what? As I forgive, as I am forgiven, I will forgive. As I am released, I will release. As I am restored, I will restore. I will will not hold this person captive any longer, but I will walk in the supernatural forgiveness of God. It takes the supernatural power of God to forgive. Did you know that? It's not just something you can just do. I just decided to let it go. No, because actually what happens is when wounds come, sometimes they go so deep and there's an infection and a root in there of bitterness that happens and you didn't maybe do anything wrong at all. Maybe you're not even actively feeding it, but that wound is there and it requires a healer. It requires the doctor to come in, the physician, and open it up and cleanse and clean and do the work so that you can get that bandage on there. So then it's a clean wound and you can move on with your life. And Jesus understands the human heart. If we will not forgive, we will be released into torment and torture. And I can just tell you right now, is all sickness because of unforgiveness? No, but some of it is. Is all mental anguish because of unforgiveness? No, but some of it is. Is all you know, emotional torment, is it, is it because of unforgiveness? No, but some of it is. See, what if you today could just say, God, I want to be free from whatever is ailing me. God, could it be that there's this thing? And I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would just by his power reveal to you, even in this moment right now, God, I pray you would just reveal to each and every one of us that place where the sword went in, where the wound occurred, where the word happened. Maybe right now, you know, right on the tip of your mind what it was. Maybe for other people, you don't. You, you, you know there's something, but you don't know. And I'm praying right now that the light of God would shine in your heart because today is a day of freedom. Right now is the start of a brand new future. 
right now is the start of a brand new season in your life where you're not gonna walk in bondage, but you're gonna enjoy the freedom and the joy and the peace that your father purchased for you. Lord, I pray that you'd reveal that today. What if some of that torment, what if some of that captivity, what if some of that pain is because of unforgiveness? How many of you would say, it hurts, but I wanna deal with it. Come on, would you say that with me today? It hurts, but I'm gonna deal with it. Anybody? And maybe you can't even raise your hand right now. You're like, I'm not ready. Well, listen, I'm not asking you to forgive anybody today. All I wanna see you do today is say, God, open my heart and show me. God, just just take me to step one, maybe even pre-step one. Just take me to that place where you'll show me what's ahead. Show me where I need to forgive. Show me that, that issue. Martin Luther King Jr. said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. There's something so powerful and supernatural about the love of God. The love of God that comes to us, can it get through us? The freedom that's waiting for each and every one of us is on the other side of forgiveness. I love this quote by Lewis Smeads. He says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the person was you. Right now, the Holy Spirit is bringing just a sweet presence of healing to each and every one of us, the light of God shining upon us. And I believe today is the day where you begin to walk in fresh freedom. The secret power of forgiveness. It's so powerful. We talked about it in the beginning. Something that we can't even comprehend how amazingly powerful it is. But here's the beautiful thing. You might have been in darkness and pain and captivity for 20, 30, 40 years, but in one single instant, when you open the door and say, Lord, I receive your forgiveness. You release me. I release this person. I forgive this person from my heart, right? Not from a superficial thing, but from my heart. In that instant, all the love, the freedom, the grace, the joy, the power of God will come flooding in like a tidal wave into your heart in the name of Jesus.